what's up, how are you? My name is Tyler Tarver, I'm the Dean of NLC College, and I am so excited you are joining us for today's service. We've got an amazing service planned. Let's get things started by in the chat. Let me know your name, where you're watching from, and let's go ahead and throw in our favorite pizza place. My favorite pizza place, Blaze Pizza. They put broccoli on your pizza and you think, that sounds kind of gross. Try it, you will not regret it, it's wonderful. So throw your name in the chat, we'd love to say hello. We've got pastors in the chat saying hello the entire service. Also, today we are doing communion with you guys and we are so excited you're joining us for that. If you would, go ahead and grab your elements, have those ready. It's gonna be a special time during the service to do that with our church family. Speaking of fun things to do with our church family, family, we have Easter coming up. So if you wanna go ahead and register your spot for Easter service at any of our 18 campuses, the link is in the description or on the screen. Go ahead and go there right now and sign up. It's gonna be a fun time to come together as a church family. Right now, we're about to go into a time of worship. And so if you would, get, get your heart in a space where you can pray for the people around you, pray for people in your life that need that prayer, and let's get ready to worship together. Your love. 
Hello, everybody. Easter weekend is coming our way, and it's the best time to bring somebody to church who is unchurched. In fact, Borna Institute did a survey, I read this last year, that 70% of the people in our nation would go to church on Easter if someone invited them. However, because of the pandemic and because of the last year, our primary goal is to see our own people who live around one of our campuses for those people to come back to church. That's really all we're praying for. So if you haven't been back and you're comfortable, then this could be the time. Some of you don't even live around one of our campuses, so that's why we have the digital campus. You're welcome to stay right here. We're not going anywhere, but we are going to pray for the Easter services. And if you don't mind, let's bow our heads and pray for those services even right now. Lord, every church needs to understand the value of a soul. I pray that New Life Church does not forget that. You clearly showed us the value of a soul at Easter. And we want to live with that passion for you, 
passion for the lost. We want to reach out to people who are hurting. And we know we'll never fully understand Easter until we help bring someone to know your name. It's important to you. It's the Great Commission. And Lord, even now, I ask that you bring those who have wandered away from your name back to your name. And then those who have never known you, Lord, that they will meet you at Easter at churches all over the state and all over the world. We love you and we thank you for joining us at Easter next weekend. In Jesus' name, amen. And by the way, check your local campus to see when the services start. Some start as early as Thursday night and then we go through Sunday and please check out a time for that to happen at a nearby campus. Otherwise, you can also check when we're going to meet right here on the premier service, the digital campus. It's going to be good no matter what. So with that in mind, today, I'm going to be talking to you about the importance and the power of communion. We're going to take communion today. If you get a chance, you can get some bread and some juice. Get ready because this is going to be a great day. I have with me some elements representing the Lord's Supper. Some call it the Last Supper. Uh, some call it communion. All of those words are appropriate. But what you may not know is that it's also related to the Passover. That's when the Last Supper happened on the, the day where they remembered the Passover. Jesus and his family would go to Jerusalem every year for the Passover. And the Last Supper was during a time where they were thinking about the Passover. So with that in mind, let's go to the book of Psalms, chapter 23. Uh, but before we do so, let me ask you a question. What could happen if you got serious with God today and due to that, you fully surrendered your life today? Your aspirations surrendered to Him today. Your dreams today. Your family, your future, your abilities, your devotion all surrendered to God. What would happen? Well, I don't know everything that would happen, but I do know one thing. If you did that, you would never forget this day. And I cannot think of a better time to surrender to God than during a moment when we take communion together. So in the book of Psalms, chapter 23, although this is a long time ago, uh, you can see that it's about the table. It even says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So let's look square into the eyes of Psalms 23. You can stand up if you're able to and read this with me because the word of God is sacred. Let's read. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Communion is about a cup. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The 23rd Psalms, one of the most powerful and most familiar passages of Scripture in the Old Testament or New. And it's referring to two different meals, the Passover meal and the Lord's Supper. 
but a lot of us do not know how many similarities there are in those two meals. So I'm going to teach a little bit about that for the next few minutes. In the Old Testament, God said that during the Passover meal, he said, you're coming out of Egypt and I want you to take a lamb and I'm going to prepare a meal with that, but I'm going to teach you exactly how to prepare it and I'm going to teach you exactly how to eat it. And he said, and if you do this right, deliverance will come to your family and I will bring healing to you. And by the way, miracles happened during the Passover meal. And speaking of the Passover, Jesus and his family, I told you earlier, they, they went to Jerusalem every year to participate in this. But man, this particular supper, the last supper, they didn't fully understand what was going on. And I think sometimes we don't fully remember what happened. And so the similarities are worth looking at. In Psalms 23, it's centered around a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord cares for his sheep. When you see the word shepherd, it insinuates that there's some sheep around. And we can't have communion without the great shepherd, the Lord being with us. Just like the Passover, we know that God, and by His Spirit, He moved from the mountains all the way to the camp of Israel, and at the Lord's table, it's bringing us closer to the presence of God. In fact, He shows up when we take communion, just like He did with the Passover. I've had many people tell me that. I've also had a lot of people tell me when they come back to church who have been gone for a long time, they always say, man, it's the presence of God. I just forgot what it was like. That's why we take communion, because the Lord wants us around his table. And this is why Psalms 23 even says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Not sometimes, but forever. Communion. It has to be one of my favorite times as a pastor. So anyway, the Bible says when they ate the Passover, that every part of them that came from the pagan culture, like all the broken parts of them, all of the bondage and all of the strongholds, that they were broken off of them when they ate that meal. They were fully delivered while they were partaking of the meal. And the Lord's Supper has anointing on it as well. In Psalms 23, it says, My cup runneth over. We have a cup. God wants to be involved with us now. The Lord's Supper, He restores our soul, our mind, our thinking, God's plans, our emotions, our mental health. Psalms 23 even says that goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of our life. So when we take communion, it's like His promises. His goodness is chasing after us, but only if we take communion with faith. By the way, uh, with the Passover, there were seven promises that were given along with Passover, that they would have a longer life, they would have abundance, that he would bring healing to them, that they would be protected from the enemy. It even says when the enemy comes in to attack you and to try to hurt you, that it's going to be diminished, that the enemy will have to scatter in seven different directions. These were promises that we still have to this day. So there are a few things about the Lord's table we're talking about. Number one, he asked for us to eat all of it and not just some of it. In the book of Exodus, talking about the Passover meal, the Lord showed them exactly how to do it and that they should eat all of the meal to waste 
nothing. And this is exactly the way the Lord would want us to participate in communion. It's the Lord's table. It doesn't say it's the Savior's table. And what I mean by that, some of us want a Savior, but we don't want to give Him a Lordship. Some have said, well, I've given my heart to the Lord. You know, I know I'm saved. I'm a Christian. It's like fire insurance from hell, but He doesn't have Lordship. At this table is the best place to give him full lordship. Instead of saying, I do what I want to do when I want to do it with whoever I want to do it, I'm saved. He's my savior. Yes, I'm a Christian. Someone said he's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And by the way, the word savior is mentioned 12 times, but the word Lord, 400 times. Again, we don't call this the Savior's table. It's the Lord's table. And he's asking for us to eat all of it. Our hearts are saying at this time, like when we go to the table, Lord, I want you in my life. I want the doors that you opened to be with us. The doors that you close, I'll accept it. I want the times that you say yes and the times that you say no. I don't just want a Savior. I want it all. I want to be filled with your Spirit. I want to be delivered by your name. I want my whole family serving you. I want to be at the table of the Lord. I want every form of addiction broken at the table. I want integrity. I want covenant relationships at the table. I see that some of the pagan world has moved into our lives, but at your table, I want it all. I want everything, and I want to be set free at your table. Another thing it's important to know is that he said for us to share it. Now, the scripture is clear. Even Jesus one time he said, I want my house to be full. Go out into the highways and byways. Go into the countryside and bring the broken in, the blind in. Bring people in because I want my house to be full. In the Old Testament, uh, they would actually take the lamb and they would eat it. And the Lord said, I want you to eat it all. And then what you can't consume, give it to others. Share it. And if you don't share it, it actually even says that it would start stinking. Of course, they didn't have refrigeration back in those days. Uh, so that was part of it. But I think this applies to us today. I think a lot of churches and a lot of Christians, we start smelling because all we do is consume the Lord and we hoard it and we stop sharing it. It's my covenant. But the scripture wants for us to share what the Lord is doing. Our relationships only remain strong when we keep distributing out the Word of God to others. And again, some churches really smell uh, because they keep everything to themselves. Let me experience the Lord and experience it on my own. Let me have more of God for myself. But no, everything that He gives us is for us to then turn around and give it away. The Lord is not asking for us to distribute our ideas, our political views, our venom, our sin. No, but to distribute the goodness of our God, the good news, the gospel. So a question, when is the last time you brought Jesus to somebody else? When is the last time you invited someone else to sit at the Lord's table? When's the last time you said, pull up a chair, man, and sup with us? 
Number three, the Lord's table is the one thing. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but it's the one thing he allows us to touch. The scripture says over and over that we should live by faith and not by sight, but with the Lord's supper at the Lord's table, it's the one thing that he allows us to see. But you still have to have faith. You can touch it, you can drink it, but you still have to have faith to participate in it. Every other thing we do, we have to believe it even if we don't see it. But I think with communion, the Lord is saying, I want you to hold the bread. I want you to, to hold the cup. I want you to drink from it. I need you to know that I want to meet with you. Hold the bread, hold the juice, but remember that I want you to be close to me. And then number four, he wants us to be joyful and thankful while we sit at the table. The early church, they took communion with much joy and celebration. In fact, Paul was always correcting them in the book of Corinthians. He spent a significant amount of time uh, teaching them not to take the gifts of the Spirit too far. He was trying to let them know, hey, you've got to remember the correct way to do this. But he also corrected them about communion because the early church, when they would take communion and then also remember the Passover, they had so much exuberance and excitement and they took it to an extreme. There was even one group that they were getting drunk. They had fermented wine and they were getting drunk. And Paul says, look, it's ridiculous. We've got We've got to remember him with a sober mind. This reminds me of my kids in the early days when they were three, five, seven, and nine. Uh, they would always help us at the church every Sunday, putting things together. And, and uh, when we would take communion, they would put all the elements together and they remembered where they were. So one time after church, we were looking for our kids, Hunter, Haley, Tanner, Grace. And we found them in a room and they were taking shots of communion, just drinking and eating. Thank the Lord it wasn't real wine or they would have been sauced out of their mind. But I know they would have loved church. Well, this is what Paul was saying. You guys are loving church too much. Let's keep the joy, yes, but let's do it the proper way. So in the scripture, it says in Hebrews that for the joy he set forth towards the cross, if he's going to come to the cross at Easter time, Palm Sunday, the Lord's table, Passover, if the Lord's going to walk toward us with joy, knowing that he's going to the cross, how much joy do you think he wants in return? So I just want to encourage you to keep the joy of the Lord. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Paul was in prison, in prison, writing songs like rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And then the last one is when you eat of it, do it in remembrance of me. This table, the Lord's table, it clearly evokes memories. When we take communion, we remember how lost we were. I remember how low I was before I met the Lord. I remember having no hope, no purpose, no confidence, no clarity. I remember how bound I was, how lonely, how conceited, how arrogant, 
how blind to the truth, how mean I was, how stupid I was. I would go to these parties I remember in college, and man, I was always invited to the best parties with the loudest music, the prettiest girls, so much fun. But I remember being there, and I could just sense in my heart that God was not pleased with me. I can remember it like it happened yesterday. I would go to these parties laughing, and, and people just thought I was the happiest person in the room. But I remember getting away somewhere alone and just even around all of those people, I could still sense a, a huge loneliness in my heart and a longing for God. And I think God wants us when we take the Lord's Supper, I think he wants us to remember that uh, because life without him is you're really not going to appreciate it if you don't remember what it was like without him. I remember singing that song. It was at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the days. Speaking of happiness, this last week I was able to go to an orphanage and uh, in Mexico. In fact, I went to several of them, but this one particular orphanage, uh, these kids, they were rescued out of human trafficking. It was, it was really a sad place to hear about. So they're telling me all these stories as we're driving to it. And then by the time I got there, I was, I was quiet, slightly depressed. And uh, it was girls and boys that were trafficked and rescued at six years of age upwards to 13, 14, maybe 15. And uh, as I walked in, you know, I just I was trying to figure out what I was going to do, how I could encourage them. And for the life of me, I had nothing. But as soon as I got there, I realized they don't need me to encourage them. They've met Jesus. They've been delivered. They were happier than most families I have met with right here in Arkansas. And they're not even a family like the traditional family. But they're a church family. And while I was there, these young people they started singing the song, the blessing. I could hear the words, may his favor be upon you in a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. They were just singing that like, may his face shine upon you. And then, amen, amen, amen. And I, I tell you, I just couldn't believe how much joy they had. And they just had never had forgotten what Jesus rescued them from. Well, we're all a mess without him. And I think when we take communion, it's a really important thing for you to remember that blessing. That's what the Passover was about. That's what the Lord's Supper is all about. It's remembering. In fact, it doesn't taste like the Lord wants it to taste unless you taste and see that the Lord is good. So we're going to take communion in just a minute. But in the meantime, just like those orphan kids were singing that song, The Blessing, 
I want us to all do that. Think about the lyrics. Think about your Lord. And think about your commitment. In one moment with him, it can change your life forever.
Okay, I think we all agree that's one of the best worship songs, but when I hear it now, I'll never hear it the same again. I see those orphan kids who could be griping and complaining and depressed and out of their mind, just totally focused on Christ with all kinds of enthusiasm, the way they study at school, the way they get up every day and exercise and pray for one another. Only Jesus can do that. That is the blessing. So with that in mind, when you go to take communion, your heart does have to be prepared and it doesn't mean you have to be a member of New Life Church. I hope you are a member of our church. If you're not, you can be. But what's way more important than that is that you are a member of the body of Christ, like you have given your heart to Christ. And if you've never done that, then this is a good time to do it. Just surrender fully to Him. The Bible says when one person does that, that all of heaven rejoices. And your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. One day eternity's coming. A trillion years will be here someday. And we're going to be thankful that we know the Lord, man. I look forward to all of that. But right now, if you're not right with God, let's repent of our sins. Lord, we thank you that we can call upon you. We are the chief of sinners. And we repent of our sin. And we believe that this Last Supper at your table for Palm Sunday, going into Easter, that you are worthy to be praised. Thank you for the sacrifice you gave. Thank you for the price you paid and the way you died from Good Friday to the Resurrection Sunday. And Lord, in this Easter season, we just want to be right with you. No better week than Holy Week. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you will, get the elements, get some bread and cracker and and uh, we're going to take communion together right now. And On the night that he was betrayed, he held up a piece of bread and he put it in front of the disciples. And They didn't understand fully. They only knew in part. We know so much more about this than they did then. And he said, whenever you eat this bread, I want you to know this is my body. And I'm going to be broken for you. I'm going to be spilled out for you. I'm going all out to reach you. And when you eat this, I want you to remember that. And they ate the bread. And then afterwards, he held up a cup and he said, this is my new covenant. This is my grace right here. And you're going to want it. And you're going to need it. And you're going to want to give it away. It's a very important part of the covenant of Christ that Christians, we don't keep score like everybody else. We are forgiven and we forgive. So on the night that he was betrayed, he said, this is my new covenant, this is my grace. And every time you drink of it, do it while you remember me. Please remember me. And they drink. Thank you, Lord God, for the price you paid and that we can sit at the table with you and sup with you. That's good. So just about it for our service. And uh, 
people over the last year have been serving when they can, coming back to church where they can, doing their part, giving when they can. And some people have lost their jobs or maybe you don't have the same income as you did before. And people are still giving what they can. And man, it's encouraging because out of all the indication we should be stumbling and hurting as a church, but we have people excited to be a part, to give, to serve, to show up. And these are great days. So I am looking forward to Easter, but I do want to thank everybody for not forgetting about worship and in the spirit of giving. And it is better to give than to receive, but we should only do it with faith by a cheerful heart. And so if you want to know how to give, if you've never participated in that, you can see it right there on the screen on how to do it. And then everybody else, let's keep being faithful. He's a good God. So here's how we're going to close out. We're going to go back into one more worship song. And when this song is done, the service will be done. But let's think about the Lord's Supper this whole week for the rest of our lives. Because He is amazing. Let's worship. Come together, strange as neighbors, our blood is one. Children of generations, of every nation, of kingdom come. So don't let your heart be troubled. Hold your head up high, don't fear no evil. Fix your eyes on this one truth. God is madly in love with you. So take courage, hold on, be strong. Remember where I am, come
Children. 